The TNT Shop has great gift ideas for your furry family member at tntradio.live. Critically analyzing national affairs, this is State of the Nation on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Hour two, State of the Nation, here we go. You are watching today's News Talk, TNT. I'm Brian McLean here for TNT out of Central Texas, and I'm joined by Steve Hook off the Jersey Shore. Steve, here we go. Hour two, time flies when you're grinding up news. Oh, man, and so much of it to grind up. We can do a four-hour show. And, uh, and and still have out and still have more hours to go really <laughs> yes <clears throat> absolutely well let's remind everybody that last December Julian Assange's two-day public hearing was announced for February 20 and 21 at the UK High Court to determine whether Julian will have permission to appeal or whether he will be extradited to the United States which would be very dangerous for him he's in a fragile state uh, this has gone on long enough. We want to see it ended. TNT will be at the Royal Courts of Justice broadcasting and covering the entire two days, if it goes the entire two days. Then TNT will broadcast from various locations throughout London. And also, the London premiere of The Trust Fall, Julian Assange, will be at the Rio Cinemas on the 18th of February at 1 p.m., film will be followed by a panel discussion and Q&A with Tariq Ali and Kristen Crampson, and hopefully Stella Assange. So to find out more, just do a web search for The Trust Fall, Julian Assange, London premiere. You can get all the data that you need right there if you want to attend. And TNT will be there lighting the fuse for freedom as we do here at TNT. Now, Steve, uh, you know, we talked about this a little bit in the first hour with Timbo. Um, FOIA documents reveal secret 2020 election day meeting with CISA, Dominion, ESNS, ERIC, FBI, leftist organizations, state officials, and others. This is recently discovered. Investigative journalist Yahuda Miller received several FOIA documents that completely reshaped what we were told to believe about the 2020 presidential election. Don't you love that, being told to believe stuff? Uh, so they're, they're going to be publishing several of these explosive documents. Um, the election was billed by the Democrat Party, Joe Biden, and the mainstream media, and former CISA chief Chris Krebs as the most secure election in history. Well, why did such a meeting go down in the first place, if that's true? Was it the most secure election in history? So Yehuda Miller and the Gateway Pundit uh, are releasing a series of FOIA documents that prove that the statements by Chris Krebs under oath were most certainly false and that he clearly knew these statements were not accurate. So, Steve, this is, you know, I could go on about this, but the fact, I mean, basically, you just look at the list of partners, too. Over 200 names of individuals, government entities, private businesses, media outlets, what the actual, you know what, and at least one tech giant curious members uh mixed out of dominion uh esns uh, amazon microsoft uh secretary of state offices who we know have acted dubiously in the 2020 and 2022 elections associated press you've got to be kidding me man this this is outrageous yeah no this is this is part of that tapestry of corruption <laughs> that we were talking about the first hour with uh with, with Timbo, it, it, it really is crazy. I, I would just correct you on one small thing. From their perspective, this was the safest and fairest election ever because their guy won. They made sure it was safe for him to win, and, and it was damn sure going to happen. So it was a safe, secure election from their perspective. From everybody else's perspective, the whole damn thing smelled to high heaven, and it's only starting to stink worse as it gets old, and uh, as as it get you know as it goes on. I, I bravo to uh, to uh, Yehuda Miller for for putting this FOIA request in. Uh, but you know, add this to the pile. You've got this. You've got the Taibi Schellenberger report coming out concerning the five guys. Uh, we've got the we got the Robert Hur special prosecutor or special uh, counsel. Uh, you know cognitively gone POTUS. All of this is starting to add up. It's drip. It's not even drip, drip, drip. It's gulp, gulp, gulp. It's big. It's all big. And this is why I tell you, man, I wouldn't be surprised if at some point they're sitting in a closed room somewhere, top Democrats, DNC officials, and they say, we got to cut our losses, man. We've got to cut our losses. 
Uh, but you know, lo and behold, now there's a national security threat from Russia. So, you know, who knows? <laughs> is is it another distraction? I don't know. Yeah, well, we know how they go with Russia and national security threats. Don't, don't give us this crap about foreign national security threats out of Russia when you've got over 170 countries worth of people just piling in the southern border, the northern border, ports of entry, Zodiac boats. I mean, it's just absolutely bananas right now. Okay, uh, TNT, I would love for you to listen right now. This is important. TNT is an independent global news talk station that does what only others say they do. TNT is a live radio and TV broadcaster that simply tells the truth 24 hours a day, seven days a week. No one in the world does what we do. Crisscrossing the globe, providing credible news and opinion all day and all night. We really are an international global outlet. And in two and a half years, TNT has become a credible and exciting platform with brilliant hosts and staff. I just I totally echo that. Our, our hosts and staff are absolutely amazing here at today's News Talk. It's a critical time, and we must continue to call out the misinformation and propaganda from mainstream media and their powerful sponsors. Uh, we are now appealing to our many friends and supporters around the world to go to TNTradio.live and make a small donation to TNT while we seek the right investors to continue our important mission. And that is a very important part of our journey here. So uh, yes, please get on over there to the website, tntradio.live. This is State of the Nation on TNT. Delivering the facts. Source I can trust. Today's News Talk Radio. TNT. TNT. The Senate is currently considering a $118 billion supplemental appropriations package that would address the U.S. border crisis, the war in Ukraine, and conflicts in the Middle East and more. After accounting for interest, the Senate supplemental spending package would cost roughly $1,200 per household. And here to discuss is the director of the Grover M. Herman Center for the Federal Budget at the Heritage Foundation, Richard Stern. Richard, welcome back to State of the Nation. So help us understand why every household in America is being asked to pony up $1,200 to support countries experiencing war and border disputes because in my mind that's kind of like the government asking for the twelve hundred dollars they gave me as a covidian compliance money it's like they're asking for it back or something well they're asking for it with a gun to your head uh always a pleasure being on your show wish it was under better circumstances look we all know what's we all know what's going on here there are people who get rich off of this right there are connected interests they've got their lobbyists in dc they've got their hooks in the dc cartel and so they can steal your money using the federal government to pay for their own uh, interests, their own agenda. And look, you know, a lot of people are running around saying, this $1,200 per household, I don't pay it in taxes. You pay it in inflation taxes. You pay it in mortgage rates of the highest they've been in a generation. You pay it in small businesses closing their doors because they can't get the money because the government's stealing all the oxygen out of the room. That's what's going on here. And that's the kind of corrupt thing DC is known for. Yeah, and not only that, you know, Richard, by the way, it is good to see you again. Not only that, we we get a uh, we we get the, uh, the 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 Senate to pass this hundred billion dollar make Ukraine great again bill, uh, and and they're saying, well, we need to do that. we need to spend money on this country, that country. I mean, they they've got insecure borders. I'm like, wait a minute, slow down. That last part again about the borders, because I was watching a report last night, and I didn't know this. I bet a lot of Americans did not know this. But just in the last two years, the incursions across our northern border have increased by 265%. So, yeah, our southern border is being flooded, but there's a whole lot of bad actors coming across our northern border, uh, and God knows how many of them are going undetected. We know there's a lot of gotaways on the southern. No doubt, I guess that would correlate to the northern border as well. They don't want to touch it. Um it, is the House going to kill this this bill, do you think, Richard, before it even, uh, you know, starts to grow roots? I certainly hope it will. It's hard, you know, the, as the adage goes, predictions are hard, especially about the future. But look, I'll say this. There's a core group of conservatives, of real patriots in the House that have derailed a lot of these efforts before. So I'm certainly optimistic. But, you know, to the point you made right there, millions of people flooding across the southern border, 
across the northern border, coming in illegally at ports of entry, coming in our coast. And it's not just people coming illegally. They're bringing drugs, weapons, known terrorists, hundreds of people on the terror watch list are coming in. And you're absolutely right. When it comes to padding the pockets of defense contractors, when it comes to sending money to fund pensions for Ukrainian government uh, apparatchiks, they got all this endless money for it. But when it comes to securing our own borders, making sure that there aren't illicit drugs and arms flying around the U.S., when it comes to allowing people to keep their money and not have to pay through the nose for inflation and mortgage rates, the politicians don't have anything for, for real Americans, hardworking American families. So, you know, I'm with you on that. Something at the Heritage Foundation we try to do is we represent that conservative vision of standing for Americans, allowing people to keep what they've earned. And I think we're fortunate for the allies we do have in Congress who are conservatives, who do stand up for these values. We need them to be, we need to support them as much as possible. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, and and that sort of is a double-edged sword because we can't have that lockstep sort of force that the Democrats have on Capitol Hill. So it's viewed as chaos sometimes when the GOP can't get along or when one of these disruptors is um, in there saying, hey, wait a minute, guys, uh, let's see if we can form a group of, you know, six, seven, eight or nine people that can stop this, because it's almost like uh, the majority of the people there are are part of the Uniparty or, or the, the rhino uh, traditionalist crowd. So that really sort of kneecaps the GOP in a lot of people's eyes. And that's a unfortunate aspect. Um, what about the... Just the fact that I'm I'm thinking about this in a in and it's like, hold on a second. There's like sixty-five billion dollars of this proposal that's aimed at going to Ukraine. Ukraine has become a very unpopular topic amongst pretty much both sides at this point. It's really looking bad. We've given so much money there, enough money to end homelessness, build a wall, uh, address the fentanyl problem, like all the things we could have done with that money here. Um, and and then we look back at the uh, Sam Bankman-Fried uh, FTX scandal, and it appears that elements of the DNC have been using money headed to Ukraine as their own money laundering program. Perhaps that that you know that that story has been completely buried and not prosecuted properly, and you know the American public's been given no eyes into the discovery there of like you know the different hops that all that money took on. Do you, are you concerned that? Um, 65 more billion dollars going to Ukraine could end up as another DNC uh, slush fund and money laundering racket? Oh, I'd bet an enormous amount that's exactly what's going to happen to it. You know, I think you hit the nail on the head there, right? So, you know, part of what's going on here, you know, there's a lot of people that go around on Twitter saying, look, a lot of this money stays here. There's other think tanks that have put out maps showing that. Yeah, so does the EV subsidy money that the Biden administration throws around. So does the money they get the cylindron for solar panels and all this. Look, it's not just about the geography. It's that you have real people that work hard to earn money that it is then stolen from through inflation, through interest rates, through taxes, and given to people that are allied with the regime, with the government. And as you pointed out, sometimes they're actually in the DNC. They're actually in the government. And, you know, to the point you brought up earlier, this is exactly the problem with the political parties, as far as I'm concerned in this country, is that on the left, you see this kind of unity because... They're for corruption. They're for grift. They're for funneling this money from hardworking people to their friends. That's what they stand for. They're at least honest about it. On the right, it's exactly what you're talking about. It's people who don't understand the scam that's going on. It's people who are actually getting their, you know, their, their palms greased in this that are part of the Uniparty DC cartel. And then there are conservatives who actually care about the country. So I think you're right. That chaos it looks like on, on the, the conservative side. It's because you're seeing the one element of patriotic politicians who represent real Americans fighting desperately to stop the Uniparty. And so that's exactly what's happening this month. It's exactly what you're talking about. It's a slush fund. Some of it physically goes to Ukraine, and the rest of it goes to people here that benefit off of the chaos, the benefit off of driving violence and driving the war. Yeah, and that could be that could be NGOs, that could be God knows who. But we do know that it's uh it's not the, the 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 friends and family of liberty and constitutional republicanism, small r. I wonder, um, y- you know, Richard Hesher and I were talking off air, and I, I posited, I said, you know, if they would have said, give us $35 billion 
so we can secure our southern border and put some, tighten up the northern border, hire some more ICE agents, uh, get some deportations going, stop the flow. Oh, and by the way, we also want $65 billion for Ukraine. Guess what? They probably would have gotten the $65 billion because they would have been taking proactive steps. But they just want it their way and their way only. And no, we're not going to lift a finger for the southern border, much less the northern border. And give us the damn uh, money or you're all a bunch of treasonous uh, Putin puppets. It's so old. I, I, I can't believe that people are still falling for this three-card money skit they're playing. I, I'm with you on that 100%. And But, you know, part of it, and we were all talking about this earlier, it's that there were all of these people, some of them are in the Republican Party, who benefit from an open border, who benefit from the trafficking that's going on. So I think you're right. If it was just a simple trade, conservatives probably would have gotten the trade. You know, with $35 billion, you could lock the border down. You could secure the whole thing. But you're right. It's because of this grift. It's because they benefit from having an open border that magically that trade doesn't happen. Endless amounts of money for anything that isn't actually safeguarding real hardworking American families. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's endlessly frustrating to so many Americans, Richard. So we're going to keep an eye on that. Follow Richard Stern on x.com at Rich A. Stern and follow his work at heritage.org and dailysignal.com, of course. Uh, Rich, thanks so much for joining us. We always appreciate your perspective. And of course, we'll look forward to your next return here to State of the Nation at today's News Talk, TNT. TNT's Darren Denslow. Yeah, I'm talking about the illness. Actually, that has done has been doing the rounds. Not have we only seen a, uh, a mass influx of people waving their COVID tests online. Look, I got a red line. It's like, oh my God, people are testing. Or people, you know, trying to encourage others to wear their masks. Um, but there has been a talk of a dry cough. There have been doctors coming out saying we've seen loads of cases of that. Uh, have you been suffering from, you know, a bit of cough and flu or cold or COVID? Well, Darren, I, COVID. I, I, just, I just did my eighth test. Oh, and okay. um, I, I'm just going to keep doing it until I get lines and lines. Why? Well, because work's coming back up, isn't it? Digging deeper with D.D. Denslow on today's News Talk TNT. In a democracy, the majority vote rules. But in most democracies, you can only vote for change every three or four years. To understand what people want, governments and political parties use focus groups. These focus groups can include as little as 20 people. Australia is a country of over 25 million people. Does making decisions based on 20 people sound fair to you? Have your say. Be heard in between elections. Download the 4MySay app now. That is number 4MySay. Plug in. Website TNTradio.live. Check it out. Today's News Talk Radio. It's the coolest. TNT. It is the coolest. All right. So, as our government looks to send between 95 and $118 billion worth of aid overseas, the people in Lahaina on the Hawaiian island of Maui are still not compensated properly, still not being heard, still not getting the coverage that they deserved and continue to deserve. Our next guest has been keeping us here at State of the Nation up to speed on the devastating effects of not only the fire, but of the state and federal response to said fire, or lack thereof, perhaps. Uh, but Barry Nesbaum joins us now for an update on the situation. Barry, uh, I think just a couple of billion dollars might have gone a long way in Lahaina. How's it feel to the people over there to see the government and senators uh, looking to just send so much money out of the country? It's the perfect opening question because the line everybody has is billions for Ukraine and nothing for us, but we're Americans. And everybody says it. And I mean, everybody says it. There is a profound lack of funding here for housing, for food, for people that lost everything to understand where you're going to be next week or next month, or maybe at three o'clock today, some people have been moved, not a joke, five or six times from hotel to condo to a house that they're sharing with half a dozen people with no long-term solution at all being proposed. God almighty. Barry, welcome back. You know, uh, yeah, it, it's really good to see you. Um, 
you say everybody's feeling it. And, and the thing is, is we're talking about Lahaina and the, and the tragedy that went down there. But we could we could just as easily be talking about downtown Chicago, who is now having massive problems with illegals. Uh, Boston, who is now the, the Boston City Council is now openly advocating for residents of Boston to take in families. Same is happening in New York. So you're right. Everyone is feeling the fact that the U.S. is not spending money on the U.S., but more than willing to shell out a whole bunch of money to keep a war going in Ukraine, uh, among other places. I mean, it just goes they, they got plenty of money for everybody. But but now even these blue cities and the Democrat voters there, they're getting rightly angry. And I'm like, well, God, can you imagine being a, a Lahaina resident? I mean, so do you think that anybody's is, is anybody answering the phone in the White House or in the DNC uh, or for that matter, some of these rhino Republicans that are so quick to spend money overseas? I. On a local level, the answer is no, because the local officials don't appear in public to answer questions because it turns into a very loud, vociferous complaint session for people that literally have nothing. I have met so many people that got out with the clothes on their back, wearing flip-flops, carrying a kid under each arm, running away, and they came back to nothing, complete devastation and loss of everything they own. And the places they worked, many places gone as well. Restaurants, hotels, and similar are just not here anymore. Barry, what kind of support are, what are people leaning on? What kind of support are they getting? I, I had to look, I saw you on calendar today and I had to look back and, and just sort of remind myself about Oprah and the rock and that whole thing and i pulled all the threads on it found the foundation reminded myself that most of the sea level people in that foundation are making more than three hundred thousand dollars a year and that their spokespeople are billionaires um you know and it was again the number twelve hundred dollars pops up what is with twelve hundred dollars it's going to cost every american twelve hundred dollars to fund uh this bill that they're talking about this foreign aid bill uh, we got twelve hundred dollars for for covid uh, i mean you can't buy anything in hawaii for twelve hundred dollars that's not even a week's groceries it's the most expensive state in the union well you're you're right on the problem uh the federal government gave out eight hundred dollars if you got it one-time payment eight hundred dollars keep in mind your food bill is more than that in a month here the Oprah money, which came from the People's Fund that she started with The Rock, that's now shut down. The money is gone. Nobody knows exactly how much they put in, but they promised Oprah did and The Rock did $5 million each. But as you said, the salaries of the top three employees were all in serious six figures. They're in Hollywood and they're friends of Oprah. Um, the big guy that has stepped up much bigger than the federal government, Jeff Bezos has pledged $100 million of his personal money to rebuild Lahaina. I don't wow. know if he's spent yet, but that's what hit the news here. Way to go, Jeff. Are they, yeah. are they, concerned, are they concerned that he's going to build a smart city to replace Lahaina? It begs the question. Well, Nobody will talk to you, and I mean nobody, about what the future is going to be. What they're very busy now is they've started the evacuations of all the burned areas. So when you're outside, we only have one road that goes on the west side of the island. It's filled with trucks taking debris. <laughs> you're going to crack up when I tell you this, and it's not a joke. In plastic bags to a dump site on this side of the island they're 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 scooping up the asbestos and all the chemicals and they're putting them in huge plastic bags and then the bags are put into trucks and the trucks take it to a dump site it was supposed to be a temporary dump site now the mayor says we just might leave it there everyone was demanding that it be taken offshore on barges to be properly incinerated so it doesn't leach into the land the mayor now says that's not under consideration. All of the waste from the thousands of destroyed structures are going to stay here and fill up the dump sites. But don't worry, 
It's in a plastic baggie. They're huge plastic bags filled with houses and gas stations and apartment buildings and a couple of banks, actually about four of them burned down in plastic bags. That's not a joke. God almighty. Well, I mean, I, you know, last time you were on Barry, you said that Lahaina proper is basically surrounded by gigantic walls of black plastic sheeting carpet and that you can't even really stop there. You can't, don't, God knows you can't fly a drone over the area to get any photographic evidence. How's that looking? Are, are they still, is it still a no-go zone? 100%. You can't go into Lahaina. You can't drive around Lahaina on certain roads. You can't take any pictures from up on the mountain. You can't approach Lahaina by boat. You can't fly over in a plane, a helicopter, nor can you fly a drone. Nobody knows why. There's no explanation that makes any sense. Look, East Palestine, Ohio, had a massive chemical spill, and people were walking around there ever since. Here, it's as if it's Chernobyl. We don't know why. Nobody is allowed in, except if you're accompanied by uh, a federal government FEMA employee, and you have a one or two shot visit to your former home to dig through the rubble. You get a limited amount of time, you're all masked up, you're allowed to go pick through whatever's left in the dust. Maybe you found grandma's picture or you know, the kids' pictures or your wedding picture or something like that, and then you're escorted out and you can't come back. And to make matters worse about the future, nobody knows what's gonna be allowed to be rebuilt, nobody. No public hearings, no announcements, no nothing. Other than the rumors coming out of the Maui County Council, we don't have a city, it's a county, that they're not going to allow building on the ocean again. So everybody who had oceanfront restaurants and shops and hotels, um, it's going to be declared open space. At least that's what the Coconut Wireless, which is what they call the rumor mill here on Maui, is discussing. So we don't know anything about what's going to come back to replace what's gone. Amazing. Uh, that is just unprecedented to have such a beautiful place, such a popular place, such a destination to be wiped out by what we're told is a natural disaster and then government to come in and just totally, totally disallow the public to know what's going to happen. I mean, in Hawaii, of all places, where the, the locals already have uh, issues with, with government management of land. My goodness. Barry, please hold the line. We're going to pick up right here where we left off after this brief headline with today's News Talk TNT. Now, now, now. TNT Radio News. For TNT, this is James O'Neill. Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas was impeached by the GOP-led House, marking him as the first sitting cabinet secretary to face such action in over 150 years, primarily over his handling of border security and immigration. The Labor Party suspended Graeme Jones, a former MP for Hindburn, and the party's candidate for the next general election, due to allegations of making anti-Semitic comments. Why not give TNT Radio a follow? We're on all major social platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Gab, and Getter. Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time right here on today's News Talk. TNT Radio. TNT Radio. Barry Nesbaum from American Truth Project is our guest. Now, Barry, you and us, and this is hard for me, have been very... Uh, you know, objective about this the entire time, you know, I've kind of poked at you a little bit here and there, asked you, you know, hey, are people talking about space beams and this and that, you know, weird radiation, but we've done very good, you know, but when you say something like you said before that headline there, it really does not help. It does not help those that are asking deeper questions, questions that are outside of the mainstream, like, it's not helping because if this was a natural disaster and the town was cleared away by fire, uh, you couldn't, uh, sure, you maybe have some buildings with asbestos in them, but when has the government really cared about us breathing in asbestos? Let's be honest here until the ambulance chasing lawyers came along for that topic. But 
I mean, it it seems like there's a cover up happening here. I don't know how else to say it other than it seems like something's being covered up and that evidence is being hidden from the public. Everybody wants to see where they lived, where they worked, where they went to dinner, where they shopped. Everybody knows somebody who's dispossessed of their business, their home or their lives. Us too. I can't tell you how many stories I've personally heard and they are horrible and nobody's getting a straight answer. Hey, check this out. The story now is everybody is suing HECO, which is Hawaiian Electric Company, for leaving the power on and allowing the fire to spread as the 60, 70, and 80 mile an hour winds were knocking down telephone poles like twigs. The story now is HECO is going to move all the lawsuits to federal court because they don't want to try these cases in front of Hawaiians who will roast the company in court. Wow. And don't forget, don't forget, on the day after the fire, the president of HECO went on a live press conference and said, yeah, we left the power on, decisions were made. That decision cost the lives of at least 100 people, 2,200 homes plus businesses are gone forever. The island will never be the same. And she has never appeared in public again. She Is she, still, is she still there? Is she still the oh, president yeah, she, of HECO? She's still, still president of HECO. You know, Barry, I wonder, it, to kind of further pull at this thread that Ash is talking about here, it does seem like a cover-up, but I wonder... Is it a cover-up of what happened or is it a cover-up of what they plan on building in the future? In other words, are they are they are they wanting to to hide what created the disaster or are they wanting to cover up using the disaster to bring about the change that they want whoever they are? What do you think? Well, I I I'm kind of leaning towards the second part of your premise question because I've spoken with someone who's on the planning commission and her comment was something to the effect of now we will get to do what we've always wanted to do, which is oh clear away the space on the ocean, make it open space, deny the owners of that land uh, who lost everything to rebuild. Because if you can't rebuild on the same spot across the street, somebody else owns that. So your property is now going to be unbuildable. You're still going to own it but you can't do anything with it. And maybe that's what this is all about. I've spoken to a couple of architects who said, I'm not even taking any clients for plans to rebuild structures that were lost because we have no idea what the code is going to be to approve new reconstruction. We're talking thousands of structures, not a few, thousands are gone. Right now, being bulldozed, into trucks loaded in plastic bags to take them to the dump that are going to wow. stay on this island permanently. So, so the, the history, the heritage, the enjoyment, you know, everybody's memories that, you know, that wonderful place, seafood place we went to on our anniversary, all that just gone bye-bye, say goodbye. It's a good thing you got those pictures from that trip you had in, you know, in the 20 teens, because you can't have that back. And that comment that you heard from somebody um, that you spoke with there, we can do what we've been wanting. Who's we? Who is we? What Hawaiian we are, citizen wants this? It's the, you've got the people that worked there and recreated there. They want it back, right? You got the people that own the properties. They want it back. And then you've got the people up here on the various commissions that make the zoning laws and the building codes, they are the they. They've got a vision. I have heard the same thing you've heard. Is this gonna be one of those 15 minute cities you walk to everything and it's all up to date and it's gonna be this future vision that nobody here wants. It's universally condemned. Everybody here wants it back the way it was. <clears throat> I don't mean most people. I mean, everybody. Well, if that's Except, true, Barry, and yeah. I have no reason to doubt that it is true, 
Why the hell would the city commission or the county commission, I guess he said it's county, why, why would they continue to go forward with these plans? I mean, I assume these are elected officials. Uh, In some cases, can, elected. Some cases, uh, the gal I was talking about was appointed. And uh, the bottom line is they know better what's good uh, for us. Isn't it kind of like Washington? You know, yeah. you guys started out talking about billions to Ukraine and hundreds to Maui. Because the people in Washington know better than you do. Otherwise, yeah. it would be equitable and it would be fair. And it wouldn't be $800 a person, which is a one-month grocery bill. And now you have no place to stay. You don't have a car. You don't have a job. You don't know where you're going to live, right? The Oprah money's gone. The FEMA money isn't coming out anymore. Um, and the plastic bags are being transported. So... The uncertainty, the angst, as it were, is at epidemic proportions. I mean, we have someone staying with us, uh, and she talks all the time about, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know where jobs are going to be. All my friends are, are thinking about going to Honolulu and trying to get a job or going to stay with their aunt in Utah because at least there'd be, there'd be a roof over their head. And they wouldn't be at a condo paid for by FEMA where you're not allowed to cook. You're not allowed to use the premises. You can't leave the room except to leave the property. Those people are very grateful. Don't get me wrong. They've got a roof over their head and they're being fed, but it's not a normal life. And there's no yeah. future. And they don't know what their future is going to be. And that's tough. And why we prioritize a war in Eastern Europe a million times more than the people here who are Americans is just baffling to me. Absolutely baffling. We could build tent cities and temporary housing. It could have been up right away. I mean, in a few weeks. You know what's been built? Nothing. Nothing. Man. Nothing. Yeah, They're talking about it. They're talking about mini homes. They're talking about tent cities. They're talking about, you know, the, the government housing that they move on, like after a hurricane in, in Texas and Arkansas and Louisiana that have happened for, you know, Hurricane Harvey and stuff like that. We're not getting that here. It's not happening. It's not oh happening. Goodness gracious. This is, this is so frustrating that this is happening in our country. I mean, you know, it's not to compare apples and oranges, but it's one thing when, uh, you know, like East Palestine has, has what happened happen there because, you know, it's, it's, that's the deplorable area, right? That's the area that, you know, they can, they can sort of just be like, ah, we'll get Biden out there in a year or so. Don't worry about it. You guys are going to be fine. But this, this is a next level, absolutely next level. What, what's happening here. And it just seems like, Everyone in the nation should know about it. Everyone should be upset about it. Everyone should be asking their Congress people and their senators, hey, what, what's going on with our brothers and sisters in Hawaii? Why, why is this happening? You know, wh where's their billion dollars? Why is Jeff Bezos parachuting in with solutions when we know he's pro 15 minute city, tiny homes and all this garbage, you know, technocrat living that uh, the weft types want to push on us. I mean, absolutely insane, Barry. Um, you know, it's been a minute since we talked. I really want to thank you for coming back and giving us an update. And we're going to look forward to your next update because, you know, uh, we, we may take some breaks as things develop on this story, but we are not going to let it go, Barry. So over to you for any final thoughts before we let you go. Anybody wants updates on what's going on, you can find me at findberry.com. And I hope next time I see you, gentlemen, I can give you some good news. Sorry it wasn't good today. I'm hopeful for the future. All right. Fingers hey, crossed. Too. Yeah, we got all our fingers and toes crossed. Barry Nesbaum, thank you so much for joining us here at State of the Nation on today's News Talk TNT. Deweaponizing weather with reality and perspective. Well, we had the Super Bowl yesterday, and interestingly enough, people were bragging about the idea that the Super Bowl was powered by solar panels. Now, this is very, very interesting since the Super Bowl was at night and you really can't store solar panel electricity. So how was that happening? Now, let's say there was some miraculous way we did store some of that energy from the solar panels during the day. By the way, there's been a lot of clouds around Las Vegas 
lately. In fact, it snowed south of Tucson. How do you like that for climate change? But let's say we could store that. How much of the Super Bowl was actually powered by those solar panels? This is typical of what goes on with these people. They make claims, they're unsubstantiated, they don't back it up, and if they do back it up, they don't give anyone a chance to actually look at the details of it. But that's typical of what's going on. As far as the result of the Super Bowl, I wasn't really paying attention because I was looking at the weather. You know why? Because I enjoy the weather. It's the only weather I've got. This is TNT Climate and Weather Watchdog Meteorologist Joe Bastardi. And I already told you what you could do with the weather. I'm Sandra, this is Jorge, and we were adopted in 2019. I remember when they first came to us, Michael was already a teenager. The whole cliche of they're so lucky to have you guys and it's no. the other way around. They have changed our family for the better. They chose to love us. They didn't have to. They chose us. Family. Learn about adopting a teen from foster care. You can't imagine the reward. Visit AdoptUSKids.org. This is State of the Nation on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Okay, welcome back to State of the Nation. We are always happy to welcome our next guest. Though, if we're honest, we kind of wish we didn't have to do it so often. Not because we don't like him, but because it can only mean trouble at the borders. Our border crisis is getting worse with each passing day. And now, of course, there's an ominous threat that House Intel Chair Mike Turner is warning of national of a national security threat. That may not be related to the border, but it does get our mind immediately going to the southern border. Who's crossing that border? And now, as mentioned in the last hour, our northern border is seeing a record number of incursions that are going largely unreported. So we figured, you know what? It's national security. It's a southern border. Let's bring on former chief of the U.S. Border Patrol, Rodney Scott. And Rodney, I'm kind of joking. We are always welcome, always welcome you to the show. But man, I wish we didn't have to talk to you so damn much about this border. But it's not getting better. It's not getting any better. No, I want to keep talking to you guys, but I do hope uh, within the next year or so it's to bring good news as opposed to Currently, every time we talk, it seems to be getting worse and worse. But yeah. that's how Biden wants it. So, that exa- well, that's exactly right. That's how Biden yeah. wants it. Uh, and you know, as I mentioned, I kind of teased there. Mike Turner came out. He, of course, is in the permanent select committee of the uh, House Intel Committee, and he came out today and said, "Look, there's a national security threat that needs to be addressed." Now, I've been following it along on X and kind of seeing what all the scuttlebutt is. And apparently this has something to do with perhaps Russia arming uh, uh, satellites with nukes or something. I don't know, something along those lines. It's classified at this point, so we don't know. But usually when you start seeing a whole bunch of people tweeting on it, that's they kind of generally narrow it down. Um, kind of ironic that right after we, you know, the, the, the Republicans passed this bill in the Senate to, to fund Ukraine. Now all of a sudden there's a, uh-oh. Russia is really now we really need to send the money. They're not going to send it to the southern border, are they, Rodney? Yeah, probably not. Or if they do, it's going to be for what they put in the last spending bill, which was expedite processing, increased by a couple billion dollars for the NGOs, give them free plane tickets and everything else. It's really it's pretty sad, actually. Every time we talk about anybody lately, at least, oh, it's a national security threat. It's thousands and thousands of miles away, or satellites, you know, tens of thousands of miles away. But yet we have this significant national security threat on both of our borders, not just the southern border. I'm glad you brought up the northern border. And it's every single day. It's right now, as we speak, I guarantee hundreds of illegal aliens just got into this country undetected because Border Patrol is overwhelmed. And those same people in D.C. that want to scream and yell about a satellite won't even acknowledge that this is a national security crisis and this is this of course we've recently got some uh clarification some uh clarity on exactly how many ngos are involved it's like over 200 ngos taking u.s tax dollar money to facilitate all this i was watching michael yan speak with one of our colleagues recently and he was out of panama you know and he's like yeah i'm right next door to some of these NGOs and these organizations. I'm on flights with people that are seeing yep. minors to other countries. I mean, it's it really seems to be 
um, the, just the knowledge of what's going on seems to be getting much, much bigger and, and widely uh, spread. Are you, are you encouraged at all that the, the amplification that, that this has gotten because of conversations like ours? Sort of, not to be a pessimist, but I think conversations like we're having that right now really do help. But when I get outside of, of, you know, conservative circles, it's amazing the ignorance that continues to be out there. So every time I speak now, I tell everybody in the room, I'm going to tell all your uh, viewers and listeners the same thing right now. If this conversation ends with us right here and you just enjoy this, this 20 minutes, 30 minutes or whatever, and you go on with your life, it's a complete waste of time. We have got to have tough conversations with our friends and family focus them on the facts and evidence, try to get out of the emotions that the left always wants to pull into this and have real conversations about what do we expect from this country and where do we want to be five years from now? If we don't do that, um, there, there's no hope, to be quite honest. Wow, that that's an ominous warning right there. And you know, I'll tell you, uh, Chief, what's happening is blue cities, we were talking about this just a minute ago with uh, one of our former guests, uh, blue cities are getting inundated with this, and they're all of a sudden, <laughs> the old sanctuary city was a great idea until you had to actually, you know, provide sanctuary. So now Boston, for example, they, and I didn't know this, but Massachusetts has it written into their state law that they, it's not like New York City where, oh, they just claim to be a sanctuary city and they have provisions or whatever. In Massachusetts, they have to do this. So now they're going about asking residents in the suburbs Hey, you know, I know your kids went off to college. You probably got a spare bedroom. You think you could put up a family of 20 from Venezuela for us? <laughs> I mean, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but the point is, is the pain is starting to be felt in some of these deep blue pockets. And God bless Governor Abbott for that. I mean, I, you know, Hesh has got his problems with Abbott and I get it, but at least he's starting to share the wealth as it were and people are uh, people are figuring this out we saw the cops get beaten in times square a couple of weeks yep. ago this isn't getting better and i'm wondering if is it going to take another 9-11 type event before people are waking up to this i i hope not uh, and back to the texas uh governor abbott busing people Let's remember less than 10%, probably actually less than about 5% of the illegal aliens that are in all these shelters in New York City, Chicago, these other places, were actually sent there on buses or planes from Texas. The vast majority were by non-governmental organizations that this, the Biden administration funneled millions, actually billions of dollars through FEMA's sheltering and services grants to them uh, to, to help them out. So most of those aliens are getting there because that's where they wanted to go. Texas was just like, you can't hang out in Del Rio, man. The city's only 36,000 people as it is. We'll buy you a bus ticket out of here, but we're not, we're not stopping in Dallas. We're, we're taking you completely out of the state. That brought a lot of attention to it. And, and I am actually pretty, I'm more optimistic than I have been on that front because I'm hearing from friends in Chicago the same thing, that people that were just, they, they just acted like this didn't exist or saying, hey, what the heck? We don't have access to parks now. Our kids are going to be basically even farther behind in school because of the English as a second language issue that comes up. There are all these people. I heard a report earlier today. Um, some some Cuban nationals actually came to the U.S. years ago. You know, worked hard, became citizens. They're frustrated now that their social security checks are about a tenth of what the brand new migrants are getting from all these NGOs and all the other support. So people are waking up to the threats. But again, we're talking about just immigration here. I still don't hear people acknowledging, like I think they should, the terrorist threat, the China threat, the nation state threat of other countries that hate us coming across that border. And the fact that the cartel today gets to pick and choose who enters the country because they control the Southwest border just by the massive flow, uh, basically overwhelming border patrol and all the other threats that are involved in that. The fentanyl, narcotics, everything else, there's just too many things to talk about. Um, it's getting personal for some people, so I hope they're waking up, but places like Denver are doubling down, cutting budgets in other places and continuing to shelter and want to be a sanctuary city. So where it ends, I don't know, but basically citizens have to stand up and, and just demand an end to it. And November so, is coming, so hopefully we'll do that. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, a lot of people are looking to November, particularly in this regard now. It's become one of the biggest topics for for voters, you know, and I, I don't even know if that's just GOP voters, you know. I think that's across the board. Anyone who's been affected by this or who is um, up to speed on on just how bad this is, is is probably going to agree with that. But you, you spoke about um, you know, our dinner table conversations and the general knowledge or lack thereof of our, our friends, family, colleagues, coworkers, fellow citizens. What what do you recommend for citizens who want to be involved in this and not just put all of their eggs in the 2024 election basket? I mean, we had this big border convoy uh, role, you know, from, from both sides of the nation and stop in Eagle Pass and then the big meetup in Yuma. It looked like a pretty big convoy right there i mean is that an yeah. effective grassroots uh campaign or what what do you suggest I, you know what as far as the convoy goes i don't know anything that brings attention to the subject or to the issue i think is helpful but general conversations void of facts and evidence sometimes don't really sway people we've got to get past the emotions to get the facts and evidence not to self-promote but um myself a couple other colleagues uh, now have an organization called border 911 it's a nonprofit. And between now and the elections and then probably even continuing after that, you know, we're just trying to go around and have speaking events and actually give people facts and evidence. Uh, Tom Homan's part of that, Mark Morgan, Derek Moltz, people that have been involved in border security for generations, for like three, four decades, um, really providing that evidence. But here's the other thing. So a lot of people think this impeachment of Mayorkas was a political stunt. It was not. I had a lot of conversations uh, with, with uh, Chairman Green and others as we went through this process. A lot of the process, even though they knew the Senate might not do anything, was to get facts and evidence in a place where Americans could look at it. All those, all the uh, congressional hearings, the testimony I did on several occasions, that is all public record now. You can go to C-SPAN, you can go on YouTube and watch the hearings. Uh, you can get the transcripts, I believe, off of the congressional websites. And there's tons of information in there that's under oath, factual information Americans can look at and then to, to basically empower those conversations. Um, but I think getting into emotional debates isn't going to go anywhere. People really need to kind of step back, slow down, and literally look at facts and evidence. And bottom line, I say this all the time, start with this. Border security is exactly like your home. We expect people to come through the front door. Anybody trying to sneak into your house, any place other than the front door, that's going to elicit a response. You're not going to tolerate it. Our country should be the same. We can talk about legal immigration reform and all that other stuff later. But all of that is a waste of time if we don't actually secure the border and have checks on who's coming in in the first place. Most people understand that. And when you can get it to that baseline level, then you can actually start having a conversation about what, what did Biden do in the first couple of weeks when he took office? What were the 93 executive orders that he signed that literally completely destroyed border security? It's all public record. People just need to go read it and look at it. Yeah. There you go. Read yeah. it, read it and look at it. Exactly. Go ahead, right. Ash. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, that's that's exactly what I was about to say, Steve. I mean, the information's out there. It's public. You can go to C-SPAN. You can download transcripts. Highly recommend, if this is new to you, that you start with Rodney Scott's testimony uh, because that's a great place to start. And Call your senators and call your congressmen, too, yeah, by the way. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, make those calls. We got to do this stuff because we can't just wait for 2024 to roll around. We got to be involved. All right, Rodney Scott, we're out of time. We sure appreciate you and everything that you do. We'll look forward to your return to State of the Nation next time. Thank you, sir. This is State of the Nation on today's News Talk TNT. Stay tuned for Misty Winston coming up next.